0: You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans. On Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans, for Ohio State fans. From the West Coast, I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Wednesday, November the 25th. And I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor, Paige Van Horn, who's actually joining us from Chicago today. PVH, Happy Thanksgiving. How are you, my friend?
1: I, yeah, I guess I'm on assignment for this game. I, I have no idea where I need to go to find this game, but it's apparently
0: in the state now that I think about it. Yeah, maybe we need to hit up Gallagher for a little budget so you can actually go to the game and, and cover it for the South Stands, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah be, bro. <laughs> so we are also joined by South Stands contributor. You just heard him, Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, happy Thanksgiving. What's the word from the 216, my friend? The 216, it's... uh. It's about 52 degrees, but it's all gray and rainy and
2: depressing. But other than that, it's all good, man. Back (laughs) at you with the Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you, my friend. Turkey day
0: coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, of course, we are here to preview Ohio State's matchup with Illinois this Saturday in Champaign. But before we get started, I want to remind our listeners about our new website, which you can visit at southstandsosu.com. You can listen to all of our podcast episodes there and check out our new blog, I'd also like to invite our listeners to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We would greatly appreciate your feedback there. Finally, we invite you to give us a follow on Twitter at South underscore stands. That's South underscore stands. Okay, here we go. Ohio State, who just landed at number four in the first college football playoff rankings last night, and we're going to get to that in a little bit later in this podcast, visits Champaign, This Saturday for a sleepy 11 a.m. Central kick against Illinois. The game will be broadcast on FS1 with Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, and Plumber's girlfriend, Jenny Taft. The line is Ohio State minus 28.5. The over-under is 71. The weather forecast for Saturday looks to be sunny with temperatures in the high 40s. And at this point, it doesn't look like we're going to have any of that signature heavy winds in Memorial Stadium but honestly, if I had to lay money on it, I'll bet those wins will start swirling just in time for kickoff, right? I think I think they got a wind machine inside of Memorial Stadium. Every time we play them there, it seems like we have like tornadic level winds. Ohio State leads this all-time series with Illinois 69-30 to with three ties. Now, interestingly, after Michigan, the Illini's 30 all-time wins over Ohio State are the most by any program. That's an interesting little bit of trivia there. The game is also for the coveted Illibuck Trophy. Now, the Buckeyes have won nine in a row in this series. Uh, The Fighting Illini's last win was the infamous 2007 Juice Williams game in the shoe. The Illini, as we remember, upset the number one ranked Buckeyes that day. These two schools last met in 2017 in Columbus, and that was an Ohio State victory, 52-14 that day. Fast forward to this season, after opening the season 0-3, which included blowout losses to Wisconsin and Minnesota, Illinois is now riding a two-game win streak. With consecutive road wins over Rutgers and Nebraska, they bring a pretty experienced offense into this game, returning nine starters from last season, including quarterback Brandon Peters. We remember him as the Michigan transfer. They have a pretty experienced offensive line, four of five starters coming back from last season on the O-line. Now, the strength of this Illinois team is a two-headed rushing attack with sophomore running back Chase Brown and junior running back Mike Epstein Illinois comes into this game second in the Big Ten in rushing offense, behind Ohio State actually. They average 222 yards per game and just over five yards per carry. Now we know the Buckeyes are going to count with a pretty good run defense, second only to Wisconsin in the Big Ten, allowing 98 yards per game. Ohio State is 12th nationally against the run, so that's a pretty good strength-on-strength strength matchup to watch in this game. While we're thinking about Illinois' 2-3 and three record and who they really are as a team, it is Worth noting that Brandon Peters missed three games this season because of COVID. He did not play in Illinois' losses to Purdue or Minnesota or in the victory against Rutgers. Now, against Minnesota, Illinois actually had 12 players out because of COVID, including Peters, and they were down to their fourth-string quarterback. They got killed that day, but it's important to remember that. Now, Peters returned last week from his absence against Nebraska. The Illini were a 16-point underdog in that game, and They ran the Huskers out of their own stadium, 41 to 23. So I have a feeling we might be looking at a slightly better Illinois team than their record might suggest. Finally, defensively, Illinois has not been great. They're 12th in the Big Ten and 97th nationally in total defense, giving up 440 yards—pardon me, 450 yards per game. They're giving up an average of 6.3 yards per play. That's 99th in the country. They're giving up almost 200 yards rushing per game. That's 11th in the Big Ten and 94th in the country against the pass. Not that much better. They're 10th in the Big Ten and 84th in the country, allowing about 253 yards per game. By comparison, Ohio State is dead last in the Big Ten, by the way, boys. 115th in pass defense in the country, <laughs> 291 passing yards per game. Oh, my God.
1: Is Ohio State allowed to be dead last in anything in the conference?
0: No. I mean, I, seriously. Yeah, seriously. No, I, I, not in this conference. Not the way this things are playing out of the Big yeah. Ten this year, right? <laughs> Illinois does have a pretty good player at middle linebacker in Jake Hansen and a couple of pretty solid DBs in Sidney Brown and Nate Hobbs. All three of those kids were all Big Ten honorable mention players from last season. All right, boys. Now we got all that out of the way. I want to go around the horn, Paige. I'm going to start with you. Give me your concernometer score.
1: I mean, it's hard to be consistent on the concernometer. I, I do kind of feel like this is <laughs> a little bit higher than uh, I want it to be, but I'm going to come in and around a two. Okay.
0: Um, just o- overall concernometer score. Okay, two. Talk a little bit about that. How'd you arrive at that score?
1: Well, I. I like you you kind of touched on it right I mean it's a sleepy eleven a m kickoff in champagne uh weird things happen there. we talked about it when we did the preview pod with mm-hmm. the wind um it it has some of the the smells of a trap game right but which is weird because you know it's still not really uh used to Indiana you know being uh the juggernaut game. of the big ten <laughs> right um so there's you know it's it's kind of just. It, it has some of those traditional uh, the blueprints of, you know, the Buckeyes coming into this game, not taking them seriously. Uh-huh. And Illinois, you know, I mean, I don't think they really have a legitimate chance of winning. They don't have Juice Williams, like you said, like I remember those games, but maybe making it a little bit closer than you think. So All that's right. why I give it a two on the concern meter
2: Okay. Chad? I'm gonna go a little bit lower than my buddy uh, Van Concern. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go to one, and why? I'll tell you why. Sure, um, go ahead. I'm moving from a zero to a one from last week concern a meter, uh, <laughs> so basically the reason I've done that because I did watch Illinois, you know, a little bit a couple times over you know the last four weeks. They like to get to the ball quickly. They try to strip it out. Like, instead of, like, you know, they're more of a try to strip it out than, like, bring the guy down. Mm-hmm. So, I felt we're going to need to protect the ball. Justin's going to have to make some better decisions, mm-hmm. you know, which I think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, he has three interceptions, the most he's had in his college career. But, uh, so, I think he's looking himself in the mirror this past week and said, hey, man, that shit can't happen. So, yeah. Uh, I, I and the reason I'm not going at a two like buddy, my buddy Paige is because we're wearing the all white uniform tomorrow. <laughs> so you got to come out you better look, you better look goddamn good if you're wearing all white uniforms. Like, you know, so
0: all right. I'm going to
2: stick with that.
0: Yeah, well, we've had we've we've kind of sort of had mixed results wearing those all whites. I don't know. I, I seem to remember a Michigan game about seven years ago where we were wearing all whites and we had intercepted a two point conversion. Uh, try on the goal line to get away with that one, but no, I hear you. The uh, you know, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you remember that one?
2: These are those new concept
0: uniforms at Nike, so I think they're. I don't think we've
2: ever seen these before, but yeah. they're wearing the traditional helmets with these all white. I don't know how I feel about them, but uh, I mean, you know, if you're gonna wear uniforms like that. You better
0: play well. You better represent. Yeah, no, I, I like that point. Yeah, actually, they they're reminiscent of the ones that the all whites Ohio State wore three years ago in the Michigan game in 2017. Those ones were all gray, black, and white, with very little. I think the only accent of scarlet was in the the um, Buckeyes on their helmets. I didn't like those. These I like a little better. You got to have a little more ah. scarlet in there, right? I mean, that's kind of that's that's our signature right. color, right?
1: I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but just like I'm, I'm very intrigued.
0: <laughs> Ohio State is wearing some special uniforms for this game uh, with Illinois. They're all white. So I'll, I'll shoot you the, uh, you know what? Visit the South yeah, Stands Twitter I page. I missed that on my Twitter feed. I, yeah, yeah. Vis, <laughs> visit the South Stands on Twitter. I reposted it there, PBH. So I actually have two concernometer scores for this game. My level of concern mm-hmm. that we could lose this game, I'm with you, Paige, I've got it at a 2.0. My level of concern that this game will not be any fun to watch put me in a bad mood and even cast maybe a little doubt on OSU's playoff viability, seven and a half. and Let me tell you why I have that concern. Again, I don't think they're going to lose, but as you hinted at it, PBH, and we talked about this earlier this year when we had a look at Ohio State's schedule, weird things happen in Champaign. I'm going to go over some of that history. I feel like this could be a game where if you're looking for style points in this one, you might be disappointed. As we've already mentioned, a sleepy 11 a.m. central kick in a cold, empty Memorial Stadium. There may or may not be some of that signature wind in there. Now, I guess the good thing is that Ohio State at this stage is probably used to playing in empty stadiums with no atmosphere. You know, Given the way things have transpired this year, maybe in a normal season, it could be something that could be disruptive, but maybe they'll be a little better prepared for it. But Champaign has been a weird place to play over the years. And we know that some really good Ohio State teams have gone into that stadium over the years and barely lived to tell about. I'm going to go through that really quickly with you guys. You probably remember many of these games. In 2002, the eventual national champion, Ohio State Buckeyes, went into that stadium against a 5-7 and seven Illinois team. The game went to overtime. Ohio State escapes with a 23-16 Victory in OT in that game. That was not a very good Illinois team. Four years later, 2006, Ohio State would play in the BCS title game. That Illinois team finished 2-10. and 10. Ohio State escapes with an ugly 17-10 to 10 win in that game. Four years after that, 2010, an Ohio State team that would finish 12-1 and one and number five in the country. They weren't able to put the Illini away in that game until the last two minutes. That was a 24-13 win for Ohio State. Again, it was kind of a mediocre Illinois team, 7-6. and six. Finally, in 2013, Urban Meyer took his team in there. Ohio State jumps out to a 35-7 lead late in the second quarter, but by the fourth quarter, it was a 12-point game with nine minutes to play. Illinois had the ball first and 10. Buckeyes eventually pull away, but that was a lousy 4-8 Illinois team. Weird things happen in that stadium. So if you're looking back at the history, you're looking at what Ohio State is this year. We've talked a lot about that fatal flaw on the back end. I'm a little concerned this game could be closer than we expect, maybe too close for comfort, and certainly not a game I'm going to enjoy. And you guys are going to find me in a bad mood the next day. All right. All that said, Paige, let's circle it back to you. <laughs> let's let's go back to you for a score prediction. What do you think?
1: Well, so I want to respond to what you said, though. Yeah, um, sure. Because you and, and everything, I, I I agree with. But is are you just being a superstitious Buckeye fan? I mean, there was really nothing about these two particular teams <laughs> right that should lead you to have any good concernometer one. above 5 <laughs> other than pure
0: history <laughs> right 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 i mean you know? i'm factoring in history it's it's a big factor here when we look at history and i think in college football you can do that especially when you're talking about conference foes you know teams that have played schools that have been playing each other for decades as ohio state and illinois have there is something to certain stadiums certain environments And when certain teams match up, it tends to get a little weird. But speaking specifically of this Ohio State team and this Illinois team, and I was actually going to go into this with my score prediction, You know, this Ohio State team has a fatal flaw right now that we hope will be addressed, but it's a flaw that allows inferior teams to hang around. No lead is safe when you've got a leaking sieve on the back end. And that's what makes me think that this game could be closer than I want it to be.
1: Yeah, you, you get me thinking, but I we do have the fatal flaw, and part of me thinks that the reason why some of the traditional trappings aren't going to manifest themselves on Saturday is because the high seat, you know, they actually they, they got punched in the face in the second half of that Indiana game. So if this team can't get up for this game, mm-hmm. right, they, they have some stuff to work out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, clearly, Justin Fields didn't play well sounds like they might play some different guys in the secondary and then it doesn't appear that you know even if illinois is improved from the first three games um what they do well doesn't isn't where our deficiency is it doesn't seem like they have a prolific passing attack Hmm. so um just from an overall score perspective i'm going to come in you know I'm I'm going to say fifty fifty to fourteen.
0: Fifty to fourteen. Um, Buckeyes. Okay.
1: And uh, I was texting our buddy uh, Sloaner, working on our turkey recipes for tomorrow, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I wanted to see if he had an opinion on it. He is coming in a very strong seventy-two <laughs> to three score for tomorrow. But <laughs> <laughs> he might already be on the soft. He might already be on the sauce working on his bird. I don't know, but that's that's an aggressive score. Whoa,
0: 72 to three. Okay. Well, I'd I'd be very happy with that result. Chad, how about you? What's your score prediction? You know, according to those like, you know,
2: measurements where they put in the computer sweat, Illinois has a 4.3% chance of winning this game. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and, and those odds makers, I mean, They've got the over-under, what'd you say, Page or Zach, at 71 and a half.
0: 71 is the the last one I saw in the over-under. That's the last number I saw in the over-under, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that, that leads me to believe
2: that they are, in fact, going to buck the trend of close game. I think there was a lot of heads getting, and asses getting chewed this week <laughs> in the locker room and on the practice field. Um so I think my score would be 57
0: to 13. 57, 13 Buckeyes. All right. Yep. Okay. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. They definitely cover the spread. All right. They cover the spread and they're and you like the over. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess you'd be right at the over. Right, if I'm doing, I again none of yeah, us is a math under, major here. Yeah, so so oh yeah, that's right. He's under because we started with 71. He's under by a point. Okay, under well by a point. again,
2: well I'm going to take I, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to say fifty nine to thirteen. <laughs> right, Okay.
0: Again, you know, just proving that none of us was a math none major at Ohio, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at Ohio
2: State. Right. They had math at Ohio State.
0: So as is very well documented, but at this stage. We're bringing a reeling secondary into this game that's really searching for answers right now, and I'm hoping Ryan Day has found them. But we've got three weeks, three consecutive weeks of evidence now in that secondary. Some there are some fixes there that need to happen, and when you have those kinds of issues on the back end, you know no lead is really safe, and you can lose to just about any team now. Over the last three games, Ohio State has been outscored by its opponents 44-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. That's minus 30 in scoring in the fourth quarter. Penn State Rutgers, IU combined for 35 of 56 for 432 yards passing in the fourth quarter alone with five touchdowns against the Ohio State defense. Is Brandon Peters Michael Penix Jr.? No, he's not but Peters is certainly a capable enough quarterback to hit receivers running wide open down the field and Illinois can do some things running the football. Now their record might not reflect it right now, but I think Illinois is closer to a mid-tier Big 10 team. This team actually reminds me a little bit of what Indiana was maybe 3 or 4 years ago. A team you kind of you got to bring your lunch pail, right? They're not going to lay down for you. You got to you got to be ready to play. You can't just roll your helmets out there. And let's not forget Illinois beat a top 10 Wisconsin team just last season in Memorial Stadium. They also had a couple of big 25-point comebacks against Michigan State and Michigan last season. So this is an offense. It's experienced nine returning starters. They're not going to be daunted if they fall behind early. I'm with you, Paige. This kind of has all the trappings of another Memorial Stadium slog. I like Ohio State in this one, 42-27. to 27. I would not be surprised if it plays out in much the same way that it did the last, the last week. In the last couple of weeks, especially you know, if you consider Penn State as well, Ohio State jumps out to that big early lead, but then has to stave off an Illinois uh, comeback. I'm I'm hoping I just I don't have a lot of faith until I see it. I just haven't don't have a lot of faith in halftime adjustments from Combs. I, I I don't know where the answers are on the back end. I think Josh Proctor is probably one of them, but who are they gonna? Who else are they gonna bring in there and help them out? I'll be very happy to be wrong about this. And we see a motivated Ohio State team come out here with answers for what's ailing them on the back end, and they run away with this thing. But right now, pages, you like to stay i'm going I'm sticking with the trend until I see something a little differently. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, clearly, there's one gigantic issue with this team, and it, can, can they work it out? Do they have options, right? I mm-hmm. thought some of the, the, the statements from the coaches were interesting. It's as close as it, those guys would ever come to. Throwing a kid under the bus or not, that's not even the right term, but just to say, yeah, we probably need to look at some other options. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, this should, it should be a game for them to, to work some stuff out, right? I mean, yeah. Um, so the, 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 you got to start now. an opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. You got to start now. Yeah. And if those kids are going to get a look, then you got to do it now, right? And so you got three games, Michigan, Michigan state coming up. Uh, it'll be kind of fun to watch and see who's, who's in the backfield for them uh, on defense.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm going to be. You know, Most of my attention is going to be for most of the day. So here's, a, here's an interesting question. And Paige, you, you actually threw this out over text, I think, during the week. If they're going to look at different personnel in the secondary, they're going to have to lean on true freshmen, whether it's Legend Cabassos, whether it's Ryan Watts, somebody like that. If it doesn't work out, if these young kids, if Ryan Watts gets in there and he looks as clueless as as Williamson or Lathan Ransom, somebody like that, if these young guys prove not to be ready to go, what about somebody like Chris Olave? Would Ryan Day say, hey, Olave, you're playing 20 snaps at slot corner against Michigan State? Is that cr- I mean, cray, it's, cray. It, it would be crazy? It would be crazy only if it didn't, if it, you know, if it hadn't happened once before at Ohio State with Chris Gamble. We saw it at a different position not too long ago, 2012, when Zach Boren was moved from fullback to middle linebacker. There was a, a big hole in the middle of that defense for most of the season until Boren was moved into linebacker and he was the, the answer there. Is yeah. that crazy? Am I crazy to throw that out there? Is that a
2: well, I mean, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's a crazy statement at all. I mean, I, I, I think this week they're going to, you know, look at making some some uh, personnel changes back there, see if there's any other combinations that work. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't work this week, I mean, hell, why not? You know to what I mean? What do you have to lose? Yeah. But, you know, that, that does take a toll on one of your top receivers. PBH? Yeah, I threw that out there.
1: I mean, pure, pure jest. Um, but clearly the thought crossed my mind, so I guess uh, I thought it was somewhat plausible. I, I guess the big difference would be, number one, did Gamble play some defense in high school? I'm guessing he probably did. I don't remember. Um, did, yeah, I don't know. And, and did Alave? Um, he could totally do it. The one thing I would say is, um if they did do it and I, I really don't think they will but if they did do it it'd be like yeah dude don't try and tackle anybody right because <laughs> i just don't want him to get hurt
0: well right? yeah but don't he's a gunner he's one somebody he, up. well he's one of the gunners on the punt coverage team oh is he yeah yeah uh, well, i mean what... may,
1: maybe i mean uh, uh, yeah i mean i guess um because he doesn't strike me he's just you know is a is, well, I don't know how, how big is he. How much does he weigh? He just seems like a lanky kid out there that just glides across the field. Yeah. Uh, and my big fear is that he would just get injured. Um, right. But if he's on the punt return team, then hell, maybe yeah, maybe it's not the craziest idea in the world.
0: Uh, we're talking about a kid who's blocked two punts in his career, who has uh, you. It you know we've seen him downing punts inside the one yard line on punt coverage. I, you know, I that would be my next. If I'm Ryan Day and I've got a, a group of young players who just aren't ready, and it would be somewhat understandable at this stage in this weird COVID season where we're playing a shortened schedule and there was no non conference, you know, you didn't have a spring. It's not out of the realm of possibility that a Ryan Watts, a legend Cavazos, guys like that just aren't ready to go. But you you have to address that issue. You move Josh Proctor back to free safety. Honestly, I would look at it. I would look to see if if you can get 20 snaps from him at slot corner in key situations, on key possessions, right? He comes in as a guy that you can stick on. Or maybe he plays on the outside, you move Sean Wade to slot. I don't know, I would do it. I mean, because this is a kid who's a gamer, he just figures it out. He's got a knack for big plays. We've already seen it on both special teams and offensively. We know he can track a football. We know he's got great speed. We know he can make tackles. Hopefully we don't have to go there, but I, the more and more I think about it, I had a lot of time this morning to think about this stuff. I talked myself into it as like a viable option if they needed to go there, right? If they're absolutely desperate. <laughs>
1: That's, I think you just talked me into it. Is that, is that some breaking news from the Belpris Daily Beast? We have the Stand. In the new- Hot off the presses, page, Hot off the presses, bro. <laughs> hear ye, hear
2: ye. <laughs> yeah, right, read all about it, baby. Yeah,
0: well, I, I certainly hope, you know, tomorrow is the Legend Cavasso's coming out party or something. Or not tomorrow, sorry, Saturday or wow. Ryan Watts or somebody like that, right? They're like, oh, wow, you know
1: when we were kicking this around, you also made a good point, Dak. that what a difference one player can make. And it was Brendan white in the 2018, you know, debacle of a defensive uh, season that we had. And I, you know, he he, kind of shored some stuff up there Oh yeah, and it was just a tangible difference. And one player, hell, you know, I mean, could turn that whole thing around and, you know, and, and a weird season shit maybe they do need to think about doing this
0: I, I would i would as a last resort i mean i would keep that in my hip pocket and see if, if maybe not if maybe not olave uh, then maybe somebody else in the receiving corps just see what other instinctual athletes that you know can you know keep up athletically with opposing receivers can track a football can make a tackle can are smart and heady i mean olave is all of those things check 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 so The first college football playoff rankings came out last night. No surprise. Bama's at number one. Notre Dame is at number two. But at number three, there was a bit of a mild surprise, I think. Clemson, one loss Clemson, is at number three, and behind them is undefeated number four, Ohio State, who, as we all discussed, looked very shaky in the second half against Indiana. That was a bit of a surprise to have Clemson falling there. I personally don't have a problem with it. What really stood out to me, though, was... Later on in ESPN's presentation show, when they presented the rankings, the committee chair, Gary Barta, who's also the AD at Iowa, said about Ohio State, we're going to keep an eye on Ohio State's defense. So I thought that was very important. Ryan Day, Kerry Combs, you've been put on notice. I think the committee does not want a repeat of what happened the last two years with Oklahoma, a team that quite frankly did not belong on the field you know, when they were run out of the stadium by the SEC champ in the semis in both of those years. So Ohio State's been put on notice. Paige, what were your impressions of what you saw from the college football rankings, playoff rankings yesterday?
1: I I think the only reason they put Clemson at three is just because Dabo Sweeney is just so fucking exhausting. (laughs) They just couldn't take him complaining about something else, right? I mean, all he does is complain, complain, complain. (laughs) And so they just want to shut up Dabo because they just can't even take. And who cares, right? I mean, it's the right. first one. This is just a TV show. Right. Um, it, it, it does not matter. Um, so I, I didn't. I didn't even know it happened. I didn't even look to see where we were until <laughs> you know we started talking about it on our text. And so I uh, on on my it matters o meter. It's a minus. Penn. I hate that. <laughs> that's, that's
0: all right, Chad. How about you? What were your impressions of what you saw from the first college football playoff rankings yesterday?
2: You know what? I'll make this short and sweet. It's it is what it is. I you know I'm with Paige. I think we're right where we should be. Number four. I'm I'm all good with it. You know what I mean? Our yeah. defense. You know, obviously, if our defense, as you mentioned, C would be playing to where they should be, we wouldn't be number four but we are and it doesn't really matter we went out they're not going to keep us out of the playoff um so i'm all good with it and that's pretty much you know it's it's so early so yeah. you know it doesn't really
0: matter there is one scenario looking at these rankings that would make me a little nervous and i would rather not see just in case i would rather not see this and i hope it kind of sorts itself out which it could very well as soon as friday you got alabama one Notre Dame and Clemson two and three Ohio State four, Texas A&;M at five and then Florida at six. What I would rather not see is Clemson edging out Notre Dame in a classic ACC title game. Florida does the same against Alabama and the SEC title game, you know, edge it out. both those games are decided by a field goal. And all four of those teams playing in those two games look great. They look very deserving. Great QB play they can run the football, they can play defense. Meanwhile, Ohio State never really figures out the pass defenses, but they win out in spite of that, which I think is totally conceivable. Ohio State could continue to just really have a lousy pass defense and still win the rest of their games. And then the community, the committee, that is, has to choose between, you know, the undefeated Ohio State doesn't look all that great, hasn't played as many games as the SEC or the ACC teams a one loss Alabama team and a one loss Notre Dame team who have been the committee's number one and number two teams since the initial rankings. I think Alabama is in in that situation. We know the committee loves Alabama. The SEC is always gonna get the benefit of the doubt. Then it comes down to Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Ohio State's a conference champ. Notre Dame's got the one loss, they're a non-champ, but still a very attractive looking team. Now granted, they lose a close game to Clemson, but they also beat that same Clemson team. I would rather not see that. It just I, you know, Ohio State probably wins out there, but you know my heart will be in my throat before they announce that number four slot there, right?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of ifs and buts in there. It's possible, it <laughs> yeah. could happen, um, but I mean, who knows? You know, like Notre Dame could could lose to North Carolina tomorrow, or yeah. I mean, on Friday. Uh, Friday. Right.
2: So, yeah. Zach, you made a good, like, point. I mean that. I would have thought that line was gonna be a hell of a lot more than five. I thought it would have been at least thirteen yeah. or fourteen points. But minus five, that they think that game's gonna be close. Yeah. Well so, let's
0: let's move over to that know. game. Yeah, let's move over to that game. If if you guys don't have any other thoughts on the college football playoff rankings, why don't we have a look at, at The Notre Dame-UNC game is one of two games I'd like to have a look at before I let you guys go today. So let's move to Notre Dame and UNC. Chad, as you've already pointed out, the line is Notre Dame minus five. The over-under is 67. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a good football game. I happen to think that it will be too. This could be one of those classic Friday after Thanksgiving games. I was talking to you guys over text about how crazy shit always seems to happen in college football, the Friday after Thanksgiving North Carolina's quarterback, Sam Howell, is having a great season. He's number seven in the country right now in passing. He's averaging 329 yards per game. Mac Brown, hey, guys won a lot of big games in his career. And I believe the ACC is still allowing 20 to 25% capacity in its stadium. So they're going to be fans there for North Carolina. The game is played at UNC. I don't know about you guys. Just in case, I think we're probably big Tar Heel fans this weekend, boys. Who do you like in this one? Paige, I'll start with you.
1: Yeah, that line is shockingly low, as uh, Mr. Plummer pointed out. But, you know, I'm looking at Carolina. I mean, they've lost two games. They lost to Florida State and UBA. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of hype around them coming out uh, of the season. I mean, they killed Syracuse. They won a close game at BC, 26-22. Um, am I crazy? Or were they ranked in the top 10 earlier this year? They were. They must have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. I, I. mean, I guess maybe that's why this is five. But no, I. I just don't think so. I think Notre Dame is actually. I mean, so you make or should we root for Notre Dame? Yeah, probably. I think Notre Dame's pretty damn good. So yeah. Um, I think Notre Dame covers this game, and 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 covers it quite easily.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh,
1: would be
2: my take on it.
0: Wow. All right, CP. What do you think?
2: I'm a, the worst critic of notre dame because i absolutely can't stand notre dame because of their fans they're just you know they haven't been relevant since like 91 since lou holtz and you know this and that but i mean after watching that game against clemson you know to Paige's point i think they're a legit contender this year Mm -hmm. um i mean i like that quarterback he doesn't make mistakes he makes very good decisions um their defense is pretty solid but you know on the flip side of that Matt Brown, Matt Brown I, I think you alluded to Z, the the guy's been in some really big games mm-hmm. and you know he he's taken that since he's gotten there he knows how to get those kids up for you know because North Carolina's won some big games since Matt's gotten there oh yeah so I, I think this game is going to be close man and I would love to see North Carolina win it, and I'm going to step out on the ledge, and uh, I'm going to take the Tar
0: Heels in this one. Ooh, I like it. Okay. And a close one. You like the Tar Heels in a close one? Yep. Okay. Yep. I think I'm with you, CP. This has all the trappings of a classic Friday after Thanksgiving crazy shitstorm, which we always seem to see at this time of year where there's one major upset that kind of shakes things up. I like Powell. I think he's a good quarterback. And I think this is, this is where UNC is dangerous. This is where I'm buying UNC stock, right? I think they were overvalued as a top 10 team and a true contender to Clemson in the ACC. But this is where they're dangerous, right? So the bottom half of the top 25 or maybe just outside the top 25 is in a spoiler role. I'm going to take UNC as well in an upset and a great, highly entertaining game and a close one. I like the Tar Heels. All right. One other game I want us to look at, guys. Maryland coming off what would be a three-week layoff. They've had two straight canceled games because of COVID. Now, they travel to play at number 12, Indiana. The line is IU minus 12. The over-under is 62.5. I have a feeling this could be a tricky game for the Hoosiers. Will they be a little hungover from mounting that big comeback against Ohio State and, and falling just short last Saturday, are they a little beat up from that game? Maryland has not played since November 7th at Penn State. But, you know, I tell you, in that game, Talia, Tungavailoa, and Raheem Jarrett, that Maryland offense looked pretty scary. Paige, who do you like in this game?
1: It's a tough one because we haven't seen Maryland play in three weeks. They didn't get to play us specifically, right? Right. So how good are they? I'm going to roll with IU simply because I think I underestimated them. Mm-hmm. Um last week and they gave gave us all we could handle. Right. Uh obviously. So I can only go with what I've seen or and and so I, you know, Maryland might be pretty good and it might be pretty close, but gun to my head, I mean, I don't have a lot of conviction on it, but I would roll with IU, I think I think they're better. Um, I think their ranking is, is well-deserved. And again, I say it again, I think that guy is batshit crazy, but I think he's a hell of a good coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to,
0: I'm going to roll with the Hoosiers. You like Indiana to cover as a 12 point favorite or yeah. 12 point favorite uh,
1: That might be a little hot. Yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. But not, not real money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> CP, how about you?
2: Uh, you know, I think that, uh, the younger Tua, uh, is going to be a legitimate quarterback, man. Uh-huh. Um, they're like a few pieces away, I think, that tear from, from, uh, being a, uh, becoming, you know, the Michigan or, you know, an old Michigan or whatever. And the new Big Ten is what I'm trying to say. I, I they're yeah. a couple pieces away from being a really good program, especially all the shit they went through over the last three years with, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff with the coach, like, you know, so, but, I still don't think they have enough for Illinois or Indiana. Um and we want Indiana to win that game. I mean, we don't we do. want them losing any any yeah, that's that's big for us, you know, I think down the road um for a resume. Um I'll take I'll take the Hoosiers, but uh, I think Maryland covers the spread.
0: Yeah. I think this is a good game. I I agree. I I don't think Indiana covers. And I think it'll be high scoring. And these two quarterbacks will be going back and forth, Tonga Bailoa and Michael Penix Jr. It should be a fun game to watch. I'm definitely with you there, Chad. I'm pulling for Indiana on this one. I'm also, as I said before, pulling for the Tar Heels. It'll be fun to have some rooting interests in those games, I think. Make it that much more interesting. So, Yeah, definitely. All right, boys. Well, hey, listen. I want to wish you both a very happy Thanksgiving and why don't we plan to reconvene on Sunday if we can, Paige, I don't know what your travel schedule's like, but if we can do it on Sunday to recap the Illinois game, I'll just speak to you boys then. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.